A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The people who walked in darkness have seen great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, of them light has shined. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exalt when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of the oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son is given to us, authority rests upon his shoulder, and his name Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord's host will do this. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. A reading from Paul's letter to Titus. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all, training us to renounce impiety and world possession or passions, and in the present age to live lives that are self-controlled, upright, and godly, while we wait for the blessed hope and the manifestation of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He it is who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify for himself a people of his own who are zealous for good deeds. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in the manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will see it, find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. 
And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Mary plays a very important role in Luke's Gospel. She's always on hand as a witness to those moments in Jesus' life that Luke wants us to pay particular attention to as well. And she serves as something of a model disciple, one of the first to spread the good news, one of the first to understand it. She also serves as a model for the church. Last Sunday we heard the story of how the Spirit of God came upon her and the glory of the Most High overshadowed her when she conceived Jesus. In the book of Acts, the second volume of his work, Luke will tell the story of how the Holy Spirit descends upon the church with the sound of a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire, just like the pillar of cloud and fire in the tabernacle in the Old Testament. We are meant to follow Mary through this gospel and see in her ourselves. So imagine Mary's state of mind. She's a young girl. Girls were typically 14 or 15 when they were married in those days. And the angel Gabriel shows up unexpectedly. Last Sunday we heard that story. Angels, of course, were warriors in God's army, not the sort of treetopper, lovely women that we see today. So this fully armed man shows up and tells Mary she will conceive and bear a son who will be called the Son of the Most High, a title for Caesar. And now she has to go and explain this pregnancy to family and village. It's not Joseph's child. So what's she supposed to say? This angel showed up and told me I would have a child. Who is going to believe her? And then comes Caesar's census. She's probably a little bit relieved to be going somewhere far away from home to have this child. It's happened to girls all through the ages. So these two young people, Mary and Joseph, get to Bethlehem, and there is no place for them in the inn. The word that Luke uses for the inn really means a place where you unbind your animal, unharness your animal. So we're not talking about Motel 6 here. So they go out back to the animal shelter, and she places this newborn child in the feeding trough. And then things get stranger still. Some random shepherds show up, saying that there was a whole army of angels singing hymns about this child. No wonder Mary treasured these things in her heart and pondered them. At least I'm not the only one seeing angels, she might have thought. But again, how confusing it must have been. These angels are singing a song written for Caesar. When Caesar brought an end to the civil wars in the Greek cities of Asia Minor, they wrote to him a hymn talking about the birthday of the God and peace among those whom he favored. That's just what these angels say about this child. 
And Luke tells us everyone who heard it marveled and rejoiced at the birth of this child. Again, imagine Mary's frame of mind. Here is this love child of whom it would be easy for her to be ashamed. In fact, it's a wonder Joseph hadn't put her away, as Matthew tells us. And here, out back of the inn, in the animal shelter, people are rejoicing at the birth of this child. This ragtag group of shepherds and travelers is forming a sort of makeshift family to celebrate the birth of a child. Luke uses the word for in exactly twice in his gospel. Whenever he does something like that, he wants us to pay attention to the connections. He uses it the second time for the place where Jesus and his disciples celebrate the Passover. Again, in a place, not home, Jesus gathers around him a ragtag group of misfits and forms them into family. And Luke doesn't end the parallels there. Mary lays the child in a manger, a feeding trough. The pun works better in French than in English. The French word manger means to eat. In a stable, Jesus is in the food trough. And in the upper room, he says prayers that turn his body and blood into food. Luke doesn't put that detail there by accident. All through Luke's gospel, Jesus gathers the ragtag, the misfits, the outcasts around a table, around food. So here in this stable, a makeshift family gathers around Mary to rejoice in the words spoken to the shepherds by the angels about this child. When the church gathers on Pentecost, they gather in the inn, the upper room, and the Spirit descends upon them, that is, upon us, like it did on Mary. So tonight, we gather out back to remember this child, shamefully born, outcast himself, who would die outside the city wall, to remember this child by the meal that he gave us, which forms us into a new family, a new kinship that welcomes shepherds, Pharisees, prostitutes, the demon-possessed, the Roman soldier, the synagogue official, any and all. Like Mary, we may feel inadequate to the task, outcast ourselves, moved about by forces beyond our control, wondering if we heard the angels aright. And then random shepherds show up saying, they too have seen angels. This group that gathers here in the dark, singing songs of glory to this child, are the new tabernacle, the new presence of God in creation. This ragtag group of shepherds and other misfits is the new household of God. Amen.